This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards. The Last Trial is a new book by Scott Turow. It's the courtroom drama his fans have been waiting for, the culmination of two incredible lives in one explosive case. As Turow's beloved character, Sandy Stern, returns to the Kindle Country courtroom to defend one of his oldest friends from ruinous charges. In The Last Trial, Sandy Stern is a celebrated criminal defense lawyer nearing the end of his career. But when his lifelong friend, Dr. Kirill Pafko, a Nobel Prize winner and world-renowned cancer researcher, is faced with charges of insider trading, fraud, and murder, and his life's work is put into jeopardy, Stern decides to take on one last trial, one that could impact both of their legacies. Scott Turow is the author of 11 best-selling works of fiction, including Testimony, Identical, Innocent, Presumed Innocent, and The Burden of Proof, and two nonfiction books including one L about his experience as a law student. His books have been translated into more than 40 languages, sold more than 30 million copies worldwide, and have been adapted into movies and television projects. He has frequently contributed essays and op-ed pieces to publications such as the New York Times, Washington Post, Vanity Fair, The New Yorker, and The Atlantic. Happy to have Scott Turow back on this program. Welcome, Scott. Thank you. Glad to be here again. So where did the idea for the last trial come from? Well, it's kind of uh, roundabout, but in Innocent, which you mentioned, which was the sequel to Presumed Innocent, Stern, who initially came into my fictional universe as Rusty Savage's defense lawyer in Presumed Innocent, uh, showed up to defend Rusty again in Innocent. And uh, he was sick. He had stage four metastatic lung cancer. Uh, He tried the case ravaged by a rash uh, as a result of one of the chemotherapies he was taking. And once the book came out, I got a lot of um, mail from followers of my work who said, you know, please, please, please don't, don't tell us that Sandy died right after the trial. And my instinct was to say, oh, no, you know, no, he's, he's, he's not, he's not dead. Um, But then I started to ask myself, well, how in the world could somebody who's got such advanced cancer uh, be expected to live uh, for uh, a number of years? And uh, that is where the idea of this sort of cancer superdrug came from. In other words, well, he must have encountered some new therapy that altered the predicted prognosis for his disease. Uh, And... uh, so, you know, that was the beginning. Uh, this super drug, uh, G. Livia, uh, the magic bullet for, uh, for small cell, uh, non-small cell lung cancer and several other uh, familiar cancers, is, uh, that, that is the, the medical treatment, that issue in the last trial, and one that uh, Stern's friend, Carol Pafko, whom you mentioned, is accused of having um, received approval of from the FDA by uh, making significant alterations to the clinical test results. I guess to Scott Turow here on Speaking of Writers, his new book is The Last Trial. Uh, we talked about Sandy Stern there. Dr. Carol Pafko, what is he like and how did you create him? Well, um, you know, I wanted... Uh, Somebody who's, uh, as I have seen often in the course of a white-collar 
criminal defense practice over 30 years. I wanted somebody who was um, once high, brought low by criminal charges, because there's a certain poignancy in that. So uh, Kirill is a um, Nobel Prize winner in medicine who uh, you know, now finds himself accused of uh, insider trading, mail fraud, and murder. And, uh, you know, I, I, as I said, I thought there was um, real impact in the idea of somebody who'd been at the pinnacle of uh, medical science now uh, with one foot in the penitentiary door. Scott, what was your research like with cancer research for this book? Um, it was way above my pay grade. Mm. And uh, I have to say that uh, there are a lot of really good medical journalists who make um, the disease process with cancer uh, pretty comprehensible to lay people like me. Um, what was not transparent at all is the FDA, the Federal Drug Administration's testing protocols. And uh, that is such a belabored uh, and, in some ways, arcane process that uh, I thought I finally met my match in terms of technical accuracy. I had to, I had to shorthand that process a little bit. Um, otherwise, it would have been a 900-page novel, uh, which wouldn't have been read by most readers past page 25. Mm. What's the most surprising thing you learn while researching and writing this book? Um, I, I think, to me, uh, the most uh, startling thing, uh, given how high pharmaceutical prices are, mm -hmm. uh, was to recognize uh, the dilemmas that uh, the pharmaceutical companies face. And I really didn't understand how much money and how many years uh, get wasted in the testing process, um, leading to these exorbitant costs that they then have to recover uh, when, you know, that rare drug proves out. And, uh, you know, if you, if, 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 if you were to ask me, um, I would think that there's a larger role for the government in that um, to avoid having um, pharmaceutical companies uh, pass on those costs to consumers because they really have no choice the way the system is set up. So that was a big surprise to me because I thought that they were, um, you know, being principally rapacious and greedy. And uh, obviously there are plenty of examples of uh, of drug manufacturers being exactly that, but they they do have a fairly uh, complicated world as a result of the fact that they have to pay for uh, and conduct all these tests on their own. Scott Terrell is my guest here on Speaking of Writers. His new novel is called The Last Trial. In what way, Scott, if in any way, is this book you wrote different from the book you set out to write? Huh. Um. Well, there's always a character who runs away with the book, uh, at least if things are going well. And in this case, that was Stern's granddaughter, uh, who's his paralegal, uh, 
uh, at trial, uh, Pinky, as she's called, kind of an odd nickname, yeah. um, who's just a, a very iconoclastic individual. She's, you know, tattooed uh, vividly, and uh, she's got a one-inch nail through her nose, uh, and, uh, you know, Stern, on the first day of trial, looks looks over to see that she's shown up for work with a certain amount of relief because uh, it wouldn't be the first time that Pinky was AWOL at a at a critical moment. But, uh, you know, she's, she also has her strengths. And uh, one of the greatest ones is that for reasons neither one of them can much understand, Stern and his uh, eccentric granddaughter have a really intense bond and a deep understanding and acceptance of one another. Um, so that that was one of the real surprises uh, in writing the book, since um, I hadn't been planning on Pinky when I, you know, began um, drafting the book. Does that happen a lot in your books? You get this character that surprises you and just takes a mind of its own and sets off on its own like that? Uh, generally speaking, I don't think a book is going well until some character starts demanding, you know, much more space and uh, occupying uh, my imagination. And, I, you know, I, I really hate when uh, people in the creative arts, arts romanticize what they do. So it's, um, it, 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 it wouldn't sound great to me as a listener when, uh, when writers say the characters take on a life of their own. But the reality is, you know, what a novelist or a screenwriter is engaged in is a process like any uh, five- or six-year-old of playing with imaginary friends. And uh, they do become live and real to you just in the way that they do to five- and six-year-olds. So uh, they, they can take off in their own directions. And uh, as I said, for me, when that starts to happen, that's always a sign of success. How are you doing uh, during the pandemic here, Scott? A whole new world for the moment with the book releases and virtual book tours. Are you uh, partaking in any of those? Oh, yes. I, uh, I have learned so much about Zoom in a short period <laughs> of time that it's, uh, it's somewhat startling. Uh, I have to say, by the way, having occasionally been forced to use some of the competitors. It's an amazingly good piece of software. It's, it reminds me of, you know, Google as a search engine. Uh, it's just, you know, head and shoulders over anything else. Um, I had to use Amazon's competing product project yesterday, and it, it's just not, not as good. So, uh, you know, there's a heavy technological burden, which for somebody who's 71 years old, certainly not a technophobe or a Luddite, but um, you know, I'm no millennial either. Um, so there's been a, a steep learning curve and, uh, you know, things like signing books. I, I have learned that my assistants really earn their salaries. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm now the shipping clerk, uh, and the personal assistant and, uh, it, you know, and it, it, it takes up a huge amount of time. I think, for me, though, the hardest part of this, frankly, has been that um, 
it's been much harder to write than I would have expected. Usually when I have any kind of period of enforced isolation, uh, it's great for the writing. And uh, that has not been the case with the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, there's a level of distraction that comes with knowing that you and everybody you love are, um, you know, vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, that um, it's just made it much harder for me to write than I would have expected. Are you reading more? I'm reading a lot, although um, I, I have to admit that there's a period of time every day, and usually a couple of periods, uh, where... Uh, I just find myself looking at statistics from all over the country and sometimes the world. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can get a pretty straight picture, at least of what happened yesterday. Uh, there's been, been admirable transparency all over the world about new, you know, new confirmed infections and deaths. Uh, and I'd rather look at the numbers myself than read somebody else's interpretation. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I, I had said to my wife several days ago, well, you know, they may want to open up whatever they want to open up, but I'll tell you right now, the number of infections in the United States is not going down. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I, I, and I saw that because, as I said, I spend a lot of time nosing around and, and watching. So, uh, but that's a distraction from what I usually would be doing. Yes, I, I have been reading. Um, and, uh, you know, I always read a good deal. And uh, one of the great things <laughs> I've been doing is uh, listening to the New Yorker podcasts of, uh, of their short stories. They have two different series where um, a writer reads a short story that's recently been published in the magazine, uh, and then a second series where uh, writers choose short stories by somebody else. And uh, I've enjoyed hearing both of them, uh, but I usually do that when I'm out on my bike. All right, a good uh, good quarantine self-isolation uh, suggestion from Scott Tarot. Right. <laughs> in addition to this new book that is... Out uh, the last trial, the author is Scott Tarot. Scott, stay safe and well, and thank you. Thank you for joining me here on Speaking of Writers. Thank you, Steve. It's great to be with you again. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. And uh, again, the book is The Last Trial, the author is Scott Tarot. And that is Speaking of Writers in Capital Region Sunday, a production of Town Square Media Albany for this week. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week with another edition. I'm Steve Richards.